Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. Carrie and I are so excited to have you join us today. And we are going to talk um, a little bit more about mailing lists. We hope that you enjoyed uh, the first one on mailing lists. And if you're looking for other marketing and newsletter tips, definitely go back and listen to some of our previous episodes. This is a topic we definitely enjoy. And so today we're going to talk a little bit, just a little bit, (laughs) kind of about the different types of communication. Because sometimes directors and programs we work with kind of blur all of their parent communication. And so we're going to talk and make sure that we're real clear on uh, what we consider Um, a newsletter and using the mailing list for um, a specific newsletter. So Carrie, you know, last time we talked a little bit about having people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this time we're going to talk about communicating with those people. Where would you start if you were a a young program or newish program developing your uh, parent communication? Or maybe you've been around a while and you've become one of those programs that things are just blurred. I mean, for me, it's, I have to do a brain dump. So I literally write down every different way I communicate stuff to people and then try to figure out, okay, what kinds of things make the most sense in these different ways. So for me, it would be giant post-its with tiny post-its all over it. (laughs) Um, because that's the way I roll. Um, I was looking for one of my giant post-its earlier today and can't find it. And it has me a little stressed out. I get antsy when I can't find my giant post-its. So that's probably how I would do it. I would be like, okay, in-person morning or end of day visits at pick up and drop off and stuff that goes through the communication app, signs on the door. (laughs) Um, (laughs) emails to, you know, mass emails, emails that go out to the mailing list, you know, those newsletter types of things, uh, emails to specific individuals, <laughs> director, parent conferences, <laughs> emails. Did I do emails to specific people? Probably <laughs> said that already. Um, <laughs> phone calls to a client, photos. Where, where would I use photos? If I have video in my center, when am I going to capture that video and share it with the parent? Um, Because I tend to prefer the videos to be in-house and only shared when needed with the parents. So let's think this through. So we've just said all these different ways we can communicate with parents and staff and, and teachers to parents and director to parents. So if I've got all of these, why would I need a mailing list? Why would I need a newsletter? What's in a newsletter? I mean, I mean, that's a good question because the answer is anything you want to be in the newsletter can be in the newsletter, right? But I get what you're going for with, you know, people are like, yeah, I have a parent communication app. I don't also need a newsletter. But the thing is, if you're getting the same kind of information every day, even if you're the kind of parent who loves getting that daily information, anything that needs to stand out will kind of get blurred in the background. 
Um, so if I need to remind people that we're going to be closed, say you're a, a Catholic based school, um, you're, you're housed in a Catholic church, um, even though you're open to the general public, maybe you need to remind people of Ash, uh, Ash Wednesday and that you're going to be closed on Ash Wednesday because you're a Catholic supported organization. People who aren't Catholic have no idea when Ash Wednesday is going to be there. They just occasionally see people with smudges on their forehead and they're like, can't these people wash their face? Um, so last week. Okay. <laughs> right. But okay, you know, so reminding people that you're going to be closed for Ash Wednesday or Palm Friday or something like that needs to stand out and remind them, Hey, there's a thing. Okay. Um, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. So important dates. Okay. Um, what might be something else that you might put in something that you would call a newsletter or how often would this newsletter go out? I think once a month is a, a minimum for the ones that are going out to your existing community and the people on your waiting list. Um, and once a quarter for the wider community. So, you know, the HOA board members for the HOAs that are near your center, the area businesses, et cetera, once a quarter would be my minimum to them. Um, I would prefer once a week, but I know that we can't always get around to it once a week. I don't even get around to it once a week, every week. I don't think I sent one out last week. <laughs> um, I have an excuse, but we're not, you know, that that's not the point. <laughs> even in those situations, you can get it at least once a month. And the once a month, I feel like that's pretty doable. And you can kind of map it out ahead of time because, you know, January, we can have an article about New Year's resolutions. <laughs> And then we can have the calendar of what days you're going to be closed this year. There you go. You have two things for your January newsletter. I didn't even have to think about it. Okay. But when does the January newsletter go out? Do we send that out in December or do we send that out in January? Depends on your community. Um, if you've got parents who are going to be less than fully aware <laughs> The week between Christmas and New Year's, I would probably wait to send it out the first week of, of the year. If I've got parents who are on the ball, who were, you know, a lot of people who are very detail oriented, you could send it out the last week of December. Uh, it just, it depends on your clientele is my answer. I mean, what are your thoughts? So, so again, it kind of depends on what the content is that you have. And if you need people to RSVP, do people need to buy a ticket? So although sometimes the first of the month might work, something like January, especially if you're trying to make announcements of when you might be closed, um, you might need to do it earlier, depending on when those holidays fall. So this year, um, Christmas and New Year's fell on a Saturday. So that may not have been as big an issue as perhaps other years. True. And, you know, depending on how your school does holidays, right? So are you on a school district schedule? 
Are you on a federal holiday schedule? We are based out of Texas and we live in Austin. Well, the city of Austin has holidays that don't appear anywhere else (laughs) that are also (laughs) contradictory to the school district holidays. So um, somebody gets to be the person who synthesizes all those little calendars to figure out what works best for your program. So if you're in a large metro, spring break may be three different weeks for three different school districts. Yeah. Um, And that's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Waco, Waco, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, are cities um, and regions across the state that their colleges and school districts don't necessarily necessarily correlate, where in Austin, for the most part, everybody is the same week. You do have some outliers, but for the most part, in their university. I mean, in Austin, the reason for that is because there's a big festival and people want to get the heck out of Dodge. Well, there's, there's actually a couple that, you know, sometimes you got the rodeo as well as South by Southwest. So, so there's Uh, people who want to get out of, out of Dodge for, for spring break. And so they try to do it all together. Um, But so for me, it's going to depend on the center as to whether I'm going to do it (laughs) the week before or the first week of the month. Um, And again, that gives me a little bit of leeway if I had a little bit of a brain fart the last week of a month. (laughs) Okay, I can get it done next week, which I need uh, if I'm the one creating the newsletter. If I've got an administrator who's doing that for me, that's great. They just tell me when they need content. I write it. They make it pretty and they send it out. That is my preference. Okay, so let's talk real quick about that whole delegating component because A lot of times this is an item that you and I often use as an example when we're doing um, how to delegate workshops, right? And so this particular specific, specifically to newsletters, we often say delegate to a staff person um, that you have on staff. So one really way to make delegating this helpful is exactly what Carrie talked about earlier, which is a calendar. Um, And it is a calendar of production, it's a production calendar, right? So it's, when do you need content? When are they going to get you a draft? And when is it going to the parents, right? So, so the one nice thing about that is that could be created in November for the following year. And it's beautiful, right? Like, because then everybody knows, right? Everybody knows. And it it can have, this is a topic we're going to talk about in January. This is February, March, April, you know, what month are we going to talk about potty training? What month are we going to talk about school readiness? What month are, you know, so you just come up with 12 articles <laughs> that they have to find or create over the year on these different topics. And again, we don't have to create the content. We can um, say from Child Magazine, they say this is what you need to know about biting. <laughs> Well, and the beautiful um, thing with that is, you know, Pinterest is beautiful as well, right? So yep. here's an opportunity where you don't even have to be a Pinterest fail because literally you download it, you upload it, you you insert the graphic, like there's no um, baking of a cake that's supposed to look like something cute. Um, I, I am never, I just do not successfully bake those cakes that look like ponds with fish. So 
<laughs> I've been so there, people, done that. I've done it. I've done a couple of my kids still talk about them and they're in their mid twenties and they're like oh, the Barbie cake. And I'm like, you have such a bad memory. That was not cute. Okay. So before we squirrel off with that, cause we know that we can, I just want to summarize so far what we've talked about. So we've talked about the fact that you have mailing lists and your mailing list, you're going to use for a variety of ways to communicate with anybody affiliated with your program. But today we're talking specifically about newsletters. And so most likely most programs are going to look at that as being a monthly kind of yeah. communication that goes out to parents and parents, families, people on, on the waiting list, people on your waiting list and people who are currently in your program. Um, if you are listening to this, um, when it comes out in March, um, if you don't already have your summer program completely booked, this might also be where you would send it out to previous clients, um, over the next couple of months because of summer scheduling. Whew. Okay. So we, we, we've got that part We've delegated the assignment. We talked a little bit about perhaps maybe um, a different type of quarterly publication that might go out to prospects or out to the community. So it sounds like calendars are really a big deal because we need to have an idea when things are happening because sending out the newsletter about, you know, the spring toy egg hunt thing that you might do in the month of April um, sending that out the middle of April and each kid is supposed to bring 30 eggs. That might be a little too late. You talked about how, what your favorite thing is post-it notes and stuff. So if you've delegated this assignment, do they also get to do the calendar or how much control do you give away? Well, I give it pretty significantly away when I give it away. I will give, this is the framework and we work on that together so that I'm like, have in my list that, okay, we're, we just talked about biting last month. It's on my chart. I know we just talked about biting. So when there's biting in a classroom, I can go, do you remember last month's newsletter? No, I never read that. Cool. Here's last month's newsletter. <laughs> I want you to read this before we talk about the biting in your child's classroom. So working on the schedule together and then you take it and run with it, but I have to have a check-in point. <laughs> if, if we're getting to Thursday of the first week and I have not seen anything to review, then we have an issue. So I give it away, but there is a backstop of, okay, it hasn't happened yet. I can send it out over, if I have to write it and I write it over the weekend, it'll still get out before next Monday. But you would probably not wait until Thursday. I know you, you'd probably be like, yeah, it's Tuesday of the first week of the month. Where's my dang newsletter? <laughs> You're right. Well, so my schedule would probably have been much more detailed. I would have had the, you know, on the schedule, there would have been a date when the draft was due. But again, as the director, you have to do what's going to work for you. You have to do what's going to work for your staff. I mean, I love the idea of creating the entire year schedule, you know, take a couple of hours, hash out the content, hash out the deadlines and boom, be done because that way I've got all the calendars out and I'm looking and I've noticed 
when we're going to be closed. I've looked at whatever special months there might be and stuff like that. So I've got all of that all at one time. And if I've created a master document with that stuff, it's great because I can then share that with the teachers, right? So teachers can start to use those themes as well. Right. So that we can celebrate National Play-Doh Day and talk like a pirate week. Oh, absolutely. So you got to love September. um, yes, that is when National Pirate <laughs> Talk Like a Pirate Day is. So, so we have talked a little bit about how, where, when, why. So the other thing I just kind of want to, because, you know, we got to include a little bit of a marketing piece in here. What might be some things that you could include in this newsletter that would keep the parents or get the parents to hang on to the newsletter, print the newsletter, share the newsletter, put the newsletter up on a bulletin board. What could you do to make, to get some more traffic out of that newsletter? The menu, <laughs> putting the menu, people love the menu, um, putting in tips about how to handle things like the biting or the toilet training. Um, the more tricks of the trade you can put in helps tremendously. Um, Another thing that really helps is cute pictures of the kids. Because if there's a picture of their child or their child's best friend in the newsletter, they're going to read the newsletter. (laughs) Um, And if we're printing them, that can get to be kind of expensive. Again, if if we're doing it with MailChimp or ActiveCampaign or, or one of the other CRMs, we can put the photo in and then there's an attachment with the menu or with this month's tips and tricks. Yep. Um, So I personally, yeah. So I love things like recipes. I love things like checklist, you know, um, car trip 101. Now, anything like that, that you're hoping the families will print out please, please, please make sure has your logo, your phone number, your website. And that it's single color. Please don't torture these people with having a full color image on something that they're going to try to print out on their home printer where they're always out of magenta ink. Please don't. (laughs) That's just mean. Just make it one color. Everybody's always out of cyan or magenta. Let's just don't do that to them. (laughs) Absolutely. And so it's a great thing for you to think about, because if you think about, again, every month having one thing, so think about, you know, put, um, just make it very obvious that the intent for this is to print it. So like the checklist, if you have little dashes next to it, it reads like, oh, look, I'm supposed to use my scissors and cut those dashes, right? Or if it's a full page menu, right? That's very clear that that's the page they print. So, you know, if you ever need ideas about those things, those are the kind of things that Carrie and I are great and love to share uh, and brainstorm with you and your program. Remember, the point of the newsletter is to get them to stop and notice the new thing. We're gonna have a party. We're going to be closed. Uh, there's a food drive there. Don't forget it's time for us to get your hearing and vision screenings in if you've got a four and five-year-old. Like the main point is to get them to stop and read the one or two pieces of content that you need them to consume. 
And to do that, you are bribing them <laughs> with information that will be useful to them. All right, I got, I got a thing. So okay. the other thing to think about is your business partners, business collaborators, uh, the professionals who help you in your program. So if you have a dentist that works um, and gives away free toothbrushes during National Dental Month, please, please, please make sure to plug them during Apple or Apple Dental Month. During Apple Month? Apple okay. Month, National Dental Month. Make sure that you plug them, right? Give them an ad, some sort of promotion. If you are a child care center that's in a strip mall or you have other parents who have businesses, all those great things. Um, this is a great place where you can spotlight, share, um, promote, um, again. Yep. They will, they will keep your newsletter if it has free children's meal with parent meal coupons. And, you know, if I'm the restaurant in your strip center and I can get away with giving some kid chicken nuggets and a, and a fistful of fries, and I get two parents paying for a full meal, I'm giving you that coupon every other month. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, you know, when you're doing your, when you're doing that calendar, um, if you're going to host some sort of event at your program, make sure to promote it more than the month that's happening. So if you are doing some sort of spring carnival-y thing, the end of April, you better have told people before the April newsletter. Okay? Yes. And you need to make sure that that's in your quarterly newsletter. Yes. When are you doing? You what to do. <laughs> if, if you do end of year graduations, when are you doing that? Do you do it at the end of May or do you do it at the end of the summer? Let people know in like February, March, <laughs> we can't do February at this point, but if you haven't yet sent out a notice about when graduation day is, and that's the thing your center does, put it in a newsletter and send it out this week <laughs> so that people have time because some people get really excited about pre-K graduation. Especially if you do pictures and gowns and hats and diplomas and all those things. And Again, make sure that you've talked to teachers and um, everybody's clear on their role on that. <laughs> so, all right. So we have definitely given you more than enough for your first round of newsletters. Shoot us an email at hello at colorfulclipboard.com. Let us know how the newsletters are working. Are you getting any feedback from parents? Definitely, if you're going to start this and you haven't done this before, at least give yourself six months before you decide if you're not going to do it, but also decide kind of what response are you looking for? If you're trying to eliminate some other type of communication, like having to hand out pieces of paper every day, you know, you might have to actually start instructing people to go to the email that you sent them so that they can print it out. Um. Another thing to consider, my last thought here is people are getting fewer and fewer pieces of actual mail in their mailboxes. And so mail feels special again, like it did back in the 70s, like during the 90s and early 2000s, people didn't want to go to their mailbox because it was full of crud. And now it's back to feeling special. And so I'm going to suggest that you at least consider 
mailing the newsletter in an envelope to your parents, because right now, I think that would have a lot more traction than an email newsletter. This comes and goes. I've been in this industry for a while. And I'm just saying right now, I feel like a mailed newsletter, it is worth the, what are we talking? 75 cents per person every month to get more brand loyalty. Um, it's a form of marketing. You're marketing to your existing clients and to your potential clients. And they get a lot of stuff in their email and they don't get a lot of stuff in their physical mailboxes. So that's my last little bit, my last hurrah into the newsletter. And I want you to, when you're thinking, oh my gosh, I've got a hundred kids enrolled. And then my whole mailing list is, is 242 people times 75 cents. That's a lot of money, Carrie. You're asking me to spend almost $400. Uh-huh. And how much is tuition for one child for one month? If you keep one family enrolled who was thinking about moving, you have paid for that mailing if you just got one client to stay or you got one new parent on your waiting list or enrolled. So yeah, it can be 400 bucks, but $400 is not as much as you think it is because it's less than any child's tuition, except maybe your schoolers. It's worth spending the 400 bucks. And, you know, I'm just going to do my plug. If you've gotten that dentist and you are working with that restaurant, you might be able to get them to chip in a quarter a piece. And then now it costs you a quarter. Okay. So for more very interesting or you need more help, definitely reach out to us, Kate or Carrie at texasdirector.org as well as reach us at hello at colorfulclipboard.com. We look forward to seeing you guys next week or talking to you next week. I guess you don't really see us. Okay. Anyway, have an awesome week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young, with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.